Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rubero and I will be your host. I'll be interviewing recruiters, hiring managers, and experts to help you land your next job sooner. Just a quick reminder to download your high converting resume template that's been proven to get you more job interviews at resumetemplate.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. And if this episode resonates with you, then remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you and welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rivero, and I've got a very special guest. And Inkachi, don't get upset at me, but I, did I do it right? Yes, did I do you, it wrong? It no, I did it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got Inkachi on the call with us. Inkachi Wafor Robinson, who's mm-hmm. going to be our special guest today. She is the founder, the co, the founder of Empowered in My Skin. She's also a an executive with one of Canada's largest financial institutions. And on top of all of that, you think that would be enough? She's also the top 100, 100 most powerful women in Canada. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I love it. And I want to just qualify voted in by the W Women's Executive Network. So excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. and a winner, a winner, a, a recipient. Yes, a winner. Of, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Not just nominated, Canadian? but also a winner. I know this is amazing. And also the one, I forgot one other thing. She is a three-time guest. This is her third appearance on the podcast. And I remember doing the first podcast with her and here we are today, you know, a year and a half, almost two years later, I think it's two years later. Um, you know, coming back because I know the content and the information and the message that you share with everybody is amazing. And I love that, which is why I keep bringing you back. And you're also in my top five most downloaded <laughs> podcasts list. So let's it. keep adding you to the I list. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And it's just going to get better because like, look at John, if you go back and look, like, look how awesome he looks today. And uh, so we're just, we're getting better. We're like fine wine. We're just, we're yes, just getting we're getting, we're getting better with age. A hundred percent. You know, people say you know, age changes you. It makes you, work. no, I don't think so. I think we just keep getting better. And really today's message. And I think we're going to talk about a few different things. And you know what? The truth is I never know where these things are going to go when we get on the call together because it could just go anywhere. But I know the one thing that always comes out of it is an incredible, valuable message. It's really going to help and propel people forward. And it's the one thing that I really enjoy about our interviews and the talks that we've had together with, whether it's my podcast, your podcast, it's, you know, plus she's got her own podcast and I'll, and I'll share the link to that in the, in the show notes below. So today we're going to talk about, it's all about job search, but it's also around company culture and what's different today. Mm. So let's get right into this. So what is different oh, about today's today's job market? What is different about today's organization? What's different about candidates? I know it's like three questions, yeah. Yeah. but let's just kind of touch on that and see where we go. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in the job market for over 25 years. And if I were to tell, like, if I were to think about what I look for when I'm interviewing mm-hmm. or... You know, um, when I think about what I'm able to bring into the workplace now than I was 25 years ago, they want you. They want the real you. They want Mm. the authentic you. They don't want a masked, you know, impersonated version of you. They want the real deal. And so, you know, you, I ask everybody, like, as you prepare for, a job interviews, you prepare yourself to even just start your first day at work, you know, make that commitment to yourself that you're going to be you true and through, you know, and, and be, and know that that's enough. 
you know? Yeah. And I say it all the time, your skills and your talents will get you into rooms, but it's, it's your character that's going to keep you there. And so, you know, be okay with bringing that person forward because I also think that you will thrive in an environment that most aligns with who you are. You know, and if you mask that person in the interview and who you who you're trying to project that you might be, that might be the reason you get hired, but you're not going to be able to sustain that. And then eventually when you're not thriving within the organization, you start to, you know, you, you, you're looking at you're really looking at the wrong picture because you never really started on the right page. And so, you know, be be OK to know that you can come and ex with and express yourself in and in your job search and in your in your interviews and and when you're showing up in the workplace i mean that's fundamentally in my opinion one of the biggest differences i mean i know for first part of my career i was wearing a gray suit trying to be a dude <laughs> in tech you know what i mean like you were trying to fit in and you were trying to be like people that you saw maybe and thought they were successful and when i became when I sat at the table and owned my space was when I started to really be who I am with in a in in colorful clothing yeah. and, and you know shaped head and, and, and magenta hair and uh, and that's my real that's my real authentic true expression of who I am. So and and, and that's amazing because especially in today's environment, I know organizations really embrace not every organization, but a lot of bigger organizations embrace the diversity, the change that you know they wouldn't have accepted maybe mm -hmm. 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So from a candidate's perspective, how do they bring that out? You know, you talk about being authentic, but what does that mean? Like, how do I show that? Or how have you seen candidates express that to you mm -hmm. when they're in the room with you? Yeah, um, I, I think that's a, that's a great question. Um, not an easy answer because, <laughs> um, because, well, you know, because what I will say to you is probably, I don't know if it gives you enough, right? But mm -hmm. there isn't something you need to do. There's someone that you need to be. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So someone you need to be. be. So it's not something you need to do. So for example, it's not like when I, so when I'm, if I'm preparing myself for an interview and I did, like I recently have gone a new role. The first time I really had to interview for <laughs> a, a job, in my, you know, for like 20 something years. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, the coaching, the mentoring that I got leading into that, the biggest thing and the biggest advice I got just leading into that was, Go in there knowing that you are capable of creating a connection. Go in there not, you know, not, you know, desiring to get the job, but giving them an opportunity to offer you the, the job. And the way to position yourself in order to be able to do that is to go in there knowing that you are you you are able to connect to another human being and you're able to express who you are in mm -hmm. in its truest sense and you know advocate for yourself you know and so that's not something i had to do that is just something that i embodied about who i am i became really excited to express who i am the work that i'm doing what i bring to the table how i show up every single day and most importantly let them see how you are going to create you know, mm -hmm. almost create life in in in, this, in that space in the in the organization that you're coming in. Nobody wants just a consumer. You're not there to make everything sort of you know 
continue to work the way it's been working. You're, you, you, especially when they are hiring outside of the organization, going yeah. outside means that you want to bring in new ideas, that you want to bring in, um, you know, different perspectives. And so the worst thing you could do is come into an organization and then try to conform to, to how you found it. You know, <laughs> you know, you want to, you want to, you want to express what is possible by them. If they hire you by creating mm. that, ex that, that, creating that experience for them in the interview. And so again, mm. it's not something you do. It's something that you embody and you are. It does, I hope that has helped. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, and I really like how you, you expressed and you talked about not conforming to their culture. Because if they're going externally, they're looking for new and fresh and different ideas. Uh, but is there a point where it can be dangerous for you to bring too much external ideas? And, and, here, and here's my example, and here's what I'm thinking. Um, you know, going into an organization and say, well, this is how we used to do it here. And this is how we used to do it here. I think there's got to be that delicate balance between bringing in those new ideas, but not necessarily, I don't want to say give credit to the other organization, but kind of give it all away to say, this is how they did it better. And this is how we should do it. Yeah. So, you know, is that, is that something that you're, you're cautious of when you're looking for those new fresh ideas that you're trying to bring in? Oh, that's a good question. So, um, I'm going to speak, be I'm gonna speak on, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to speak on two fronts. So I'm going to, um, I would say that there is responsibility that you have to, mm -hmm. to adapt, right? Like you have to know, you have to have enough awareness, whether it's self-awareness, you know, you know, understanding the politics of the environment, there's politics everywhere. So when I say mm -hmm. that word, it's not a dirty word. It's just <laughs> the air, the air that we breathe in the organizations that we work for. And you need to, you also need to know who's who in the zoo. So that's where networking and really comes to play. And so what you want to be looking for are the change makers in the organization. You want to look for who's trailblazing. You want to look for the innovative minds, because what you want to do is connect with them to see how and get advice from them on how much you can press. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So that will give you a little bit of a barometer as to how much you can press because truth be told, the one thing that most people, especially when you get into an organization, fear is change, mm -hmm. you know? So you might be coming in with these great and brilliant ideas. And it's not that it's not that they're not great. And it's not that the organization can't thrive if they were to apply them, but it might be because the humans that you're working most closely with are the ones that are least adaptable and susceptible to, you know, accepting and embracing change. So that's yeah. why it's incumbent on you to really, know who's who in the zoo you know who are the people that are you know that are are shaping the environment the environment um who again who are the innovators who are those creators go and have conversations with them you know mm -hmm. and especially as you learn the space and the and the area that you're working this business segment that you're working in you know let them know the ideas that you're wanting to bring forth and test it out on those big minds um yeah. and then that helps you with the parameter the other thing too is I think it's really incumbent on you to understand, are you wanting change or are you wanting transformation? Okay. Okay. When you want transformation, you can't, the old can't matter. <laughs> right. When you really want okay. to change, and maybe I'm speaking from an athletic body, right? Like if I want transformation, yeah. I can't look at a past body 
and say that that's the body I want to repeat. No, I have to look at the past body as knowing what is possible. Possible. And but then also focusing on what could be even better and then transforming that, you know. And so, yeah, you're still using some of the elements of what has made you be successful, but Mm -hmm. you're using them and tuning them so that they actually look different in execution. And so I I Mm -hmm. believe that you have to be brave enough to test and 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 just kind of see where that that pushback is and when you feel that pushback that's okay you can hold there for a minute that's when you go now and network to understand is that pushback really the the where the organization at its top is pushing back or is that the space that i'm in right now and therefore there's Mm -hmm. probably then still room for you to continue to push wow change versus transformation letting go of some of the old so you can push through and, and use the foundations of what you have in the old to move forward into the future. I like that because, you know, what I'm sensing and what I'm, you know, based on other discussions that I'm having with other recruiters and other hiring managers is that the environment today is changing. Organizations are changing. What would you say, you know, has really changed or what have you seen has been a big change over the last 18 months since the start of the pandemic to where we are today? What would you say is one of those, the biggest things that you've seen change inside of organizations? Ooh, I think leadership. Mm. The way we lead has significantly changed. And the pandemic, the pandemic, in my opinion, exposed what leadership really is really and truly right Mm -hmm. and we saw it on the highest stages like i'm just talking about like in government and we you know um (laughs) to you know frontline workers you know yeah and leadership is no it's not a title it really is not a title it's uh it's it's incumbent on all of us to be leaders um and I've, i've seen how you know it's leadership now permeates through everything that we do you know and i've seen leaders that really struggled leaders with titles that really struggled to know how to lead their 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 organizations through such a trying and i don't want to use all the cliche words that have been used but just through in a time of such difference you know and um and 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 uh, and, uh, and navigating unknown territory and being able to navigate in the darkness because we were in the dark for a really long time right there was a point in time when we were going through the pandemic where leaders were still able to leverage what we knew like you know like you know back like you know the coffee chats <laughs> what it felt like to be a person but as we um and i use this analogy a lot is then we got deeper into the tunnel where there was no light on either side. And now you're like trying to figure out how do I help the humans that I lead or work with or, you know, collaborate with through this darkness, you know, to, to find the, you know, to light the match, to even just illuminate, to bring in some light into that experience. And Mm. not many people could do it, did it really, really well. And, uh, and the people that did it really well, really, truly, in my opinion, stood out and are standout. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and what I'm hearing and, and, you know, based on conversations that I've been having, if those, you know, inside of organizations, if the organizations themselves aren't careful, they're going to lose those people, right? Like if, if they keep holding on and just kind of using your analogy, if they keep holding on to the old, 
thinking that they can transform, not transform, but change the old. So it's kind of like, you know, kind of like, a, it's almost like you're transforming the old, but you're not really transforming the old. You're kind of still keeping the old and just trying to move it forward into this new environment. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose those people. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing is there's going to be a mass exodus of people out of these organizations that aren't being treated well, that, you know, organizations that don't have a good work-life balance. Um, what would be some of your, what would be your advice for some of those leaders inside of organizations to make sure that they don't lose their top people inside their, their top talent inside their organizations? Yeah. And I actually think that that is, um, that was, I was going to add two more points, but this is perfect lead and segue. <laughs> I, you need to know that, um, you need to give people the rope that they need to be able to innovate and create. I think mm. people need to know that their ideas matter, um, that they're working in an environment that um, is cultivate, like wants to nurture innovation, the spirit of creativity, and the you know, um, I think that that's important. So we need to encourage and empower people to want to be creators, to innovate. If you mm-hmm. notice, I've been saying that a lot, though I've been using the word create a lot in this interview so far. <laughs> uh, we'll have to count how many times I've said it, but <laughs> but I truly, I do, I'm, I'm at that place in my life right now based on everything that I've even gone through through the pandemic to be a creator. You know, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a creator of my experiences. And so leaders that are allowing, you know, the, their, um, their employees to be able to do that will be very successful. And so even in a job search, you want to know where are you like, are you like, where is your organization since the pandemic? You know, what have yeah. you, what have you learned? How has, how's the culture shifted? Because too many times we're talking about getting back to, let me just tell you something. I don't, I have I don't know anyone that has <laughs> invented reversing time. Right. So I like when I hear, and it's so funny because I've been using that analogy in my life forward mm. to I even when yeah. I say you know people say I want to get back to my level of I want to get back to working out no you want to get forward to and I think we've had that yeah. conversation as well yeah but I heard a, an amazing thought leader who's way more popular in, in life than me was used and I was like hey yes I, I said it I bet you I said it first but anyway yeah but you want to <laughs> you want to be you want to be supercharged by organizations that are using that kind of language mm. You know, and so there isn't, you know, you talk about work-life balance. Let me tell you something. Any organization right now, in my opinion, that's talking about getting us back to work is mm. going to disinterest a lot of people because yeah. even me, I was in the office all the time. I now know what life is like not having to be in the <laughs> office all the time. And I would say that I have a much more, I don't use the word balance, harmonized life. Mm. My weekends aren't so full of activity because I'm actually now able to space them out throughout my yeah. work day. I work, my company actually gets longer. I'm on vacation this week and I can't lie. My work computer is open <laughs> because there is only so much I could do in a staycation <laughs> and I don't have kids in this, any other. So, you know, I am, yeah, they're even getting some time for me when I'm off, but, but it's not stressful. Like I don't feel yeah. like, you know what I mean? And so they're getting more out of us. And, and so watch their language. You know, it's not about getting back to, it's about getting forward to how are we mm. implementing? How are we, how are we taking what we've learned through the pandemic and how are we now incorporating that in terms, in terms of our culture as we move forward, our, yeah. you know, our, our working, uh, what do they call it? You know, our working policies, you know, for the, our human capitals, capital, um, going forward, you know, so you want to hear their 
go forward approach. Go forward approach. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I like that. Not their back to approach. (laughs) We're getting back to work. What do you mean back to work? (laughs) Actually, it was interesting because I saw a post on LinkedIn that said, um, and, and it was pretty controversial because the, the woman talked about how organizations are, you know, some organizations, I'm not, you know, not, you know, some of the organizations, you know, but some of some organizations are asking people, especially in the U.S., since I think it feels like the pandemic's over in the U.S. for some reason, but I, I think it's, it's still ongoing. I don't know. I'm not making any comments. This isn't any political statements, but I'm just saying some organizations in the U.S. are saying, no, now that everybody's fully vaccinated, back to work, back to the office. And if you're not coming back to the office, then you're not coming back to a job, right? And, you know, what this person was saying was, you know, regardless you know, we put a lot more work and time and effort working remote, right? Being at home and making sure that we work life balance, you know, and I look at my wife and I look at her and, you know, she's got late nights, right? Like she, you know, she puts in a lot of work and effort, things she typically wouldn't have done if she was in an office space, Mm -hmm. right? Because her day would have ended at a certain time and then she would have come home. And I think that happens to a lot of like that happened to a lot of people throughout this pandemic. They just ended up working more. But like you said, there was a little bit more balance because mm-hmm. in between, you know, if you needed to make a run to go to the grocery store, you could mm-hmm. do that at mm-hmm. two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But they're still full of people. I don't know what the people are doing at two in the afternoon, but they're creating this balance. And, you know, what was really controversial was, you know, people were saying, well, you know, organizations stayed alive throughout this whole thing. But it was the human capital that kept them alive throughout yes, those, right? Like a, a, an organization is nothing without its people. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So, 100%. so you yeah, and I think that's you know I think you're bang on when you talk about you know if organizations aren't careful they're going to lose number one top talent but number two if they don't create that environment where people feel safe and I think this is a lot around it and I, I know psychological safety is a big word that's out there it's one of those buzzwords buzzwords that are happening right now creating a space that's psychologically safe for employees to know that, hey, you can be different, you can be uh, who you want to be, but also, you know, be able to give back to the organization in a way that allows them to grow and expand, right? Mm. And if that doesn't happen, you're just not going to have anything to go, yeah. like the, yeah. your organization is not going to have any people, it's not going to be able to attract people, yeah. right? Mm. So, you know, throughout all of this, in terms of an environment, what would you recommend for leaders to create the right environment so people are attracted to the company? I know we talked about retaining people, but mm-hmm. to attract people into the organization. Well, I think the first thing I would say is I think there's a there's a need for point of reflection for everyone, myself mm-hmm. included, right? And a point of reflection meaning that, okay, this was my leadership style pre-pandemic. During the pandemic, this is this was you know what I realized you know um, my leadership style has been you know, mm-hmm. and now as I reflect on, you know as we as we're opening up and and trying to find what and even I don't even like that whole new normal, but we're trying to really understand the the best computation for you know our working situation, you know what have I really understood is most important to me. Yeah, you know, and I was listening to a great podcast this morning, and I think a lot of people will realize that, you know, it is it is our personal lives became really personal to me, 
you know, <laughs> and um, and and do, that was really what mattered a lot. So it's around how do I create, you know, policies or processes or you know, sort of the the operating rules that allow for as much opportunity for people to still embrace, you know, that level of you know um, personal latitude you know that that they were given and still work like i think you know many leaders can say i had a i had a requirement that i need to see people in order to know that they were working okay so for (laughs) a year and a half that was your requirement i don't know how you survived but you know but if you're real with yourself okay so you didn't see them physically did the work get done did it get done at the quality that you expected and if so are you able to transform you know, and if you're able to transform, then what does that mean to the people that you lead? Could you offer them a hybrid? Can you yeah. give them a little bit more flexibility to 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 create their own work schedule? To at the end of the day, I think inherent in all of us is a level of what makes sense. I think everybody is capable yeah. of doing that. Really, I think at the the you know the grassroots level, um, and so you know, I think I think there's I think reflection will be really, really important. Um, and knowing where you need to ease up, um, versus where you had really tight controls before over the, you know, the, the people that you're responsible for, um, will be really important. But again, I think it's about giving people exciting, innovative work, letting them, you know, understand that, you know, as we transition to what's next, I want to bring you along for the journey, you know, don't be, You know, get out of the rooms and 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 communicate and and listen also back. You know, so yeah. that would that's what I would say. Otherwise, to your point, you stand to lose some really great top talent because it's a. I think we were saying that before. It is a workers' market, like it's a, yeah. it's an employees' market, and so there's people that are offering that. I mean, I don't. I I want to say it's Facebook and Spotify that somewhere made a statement during the pandemic. They're not going back to the. Yeah, I, I don't know if this, I know for sure, maybe it might be Facebook and Spotify, but I know Shopify. Shopify, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Shopify, Shopify, Canadian company, Canadian, yeah. Canadian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shopify. Uh, <laughs> Close down, so they, yeah. Yeah, they've already said they're not going back into the office. They're keeping it remote and, and they're adapting to this new world. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it sounds like a cliche because everybody's using this new world. But this new style of working, right? They call it, I think it's um, the some sort of revolution 4.0 i forget what it's called but uh, the new way of working with people right Mm -hmm. and having this environment you know professions that thought they could never work remote are now working remote right like i am gonna cut you you know how people say i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you no 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 (laughs) go ahead you're you're the host let's go (laughs) (laughs) i cut you with with intention with intention i I was just gonna say that even even when i look at um because sometimes i peep like new builds like house Mm. builds they're building they're building new homes Mm -hmm. to support work from home like it yeah. actually says it in the description, you know? And so I think it's, I, I, again, back to your, what do leaders need to do? I think they need to realize that some people uprooted, uprooted and went to go and live life where they, they live best, you know yeah. what I mean? So they made a moved out of the city, gone back into, and, and, and now to think about them having to either 
move back if they don't like to commute or now having to introduce a commute into their day, you're totally disrupting yeah. so much about, you know, what makes their life harmon harmonize, yeah. right? And you're mm -hmm. not going to get the best out of people when they're not, when they're out of harmony, you know, with themselves. So, so, th so this is good. And, and I know this is going to be controversial and, you know, I know we're, we're nearing the end is, of this. All of that is <laughs> it's probably even controversial. No, I, I know. <laughs> so, so what is your thought around? So one of the things I do know, and one of the things that I've read in several articles and several publications is that, you know, people are losing that human connection because they're no longer connected together. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so do people need to be in a space to be connected? So I, I'm looking, sorry, I'm looking for the name. I literally <laughs> listened to this podcast this morning. Um, the woman's name was Vanessa Van Edwards. And yeah, it, Vanessa Van Edwards. Yeah, it was an amazing um, podcast on Mind Valley. Mind Valley. Okay. I, I plan to share it on, on LinkedIn, actually, because it really talked about she broke it down so well about how the virtual world, like we just went about the virtual world so wrong, essentially, okay. you know, <laughs> okay. that we eventually created the divide. Mm. And at the end of the day, what we needed to do was we, you know, almost like, like she even said, for example, we suddenly said, okay, well, because I'm on camera, I don't need to wear pants. You know, and right there, you're creating a divide between how you view virtual versus how mm -hmm. you viewed in person. Yeah. You, the, you, the human created that. Imagine if you didn't, you know, or you created a divide that said there's something different between me being on camera with you versus me being in person with you. No, the same yeah. kind of things apply. And I realized I was doing some things wrong where I'd lean in like this. And when I lean in like this into the camera, I might be scaring people <laughs> on the other side. You know, so it's even creating, like she says, your your camera should be like a feet and a half away from you. Like, so touch your yeah. camera. And, and, and so, you know, she even said that she puts like a marker on the floor so her feet don't pass that marker for her to keep the distance because then yeah. creating the connection. Um, she talked about, you know, what we look to, how to use our hands and stuff like that. So she, anyway, it's, it's a mind blowing, it's a mind blowing, um, learning for me this morning, because even as I was listening to her, I actually felt I was in the room with her. Like I mm. realized how I felt the, my, you know, the dopamine effect that was created, you know, by just even me testing out some of the things that she was talking about and how I felt a different level of connectivity. And so anyway, so back to your, your whole point, we created that divide. And I think whatever you, whatever you, what it, like just the way you can create something, you can undo it if it's, if, if it could be better, you know, yeah. what you learn, you can unlearn. Um, and so I also realized somewhere quickly that we've always been in a hybrid situation. Always, right? I've been working with people in India for the last 10, 15 years. You know, my yeah. parents don't live in my city. Um, even though I work downtown, there were some people that worked in my organization that were in Mississauga. And how did you communicate with them? Virtually, you know? Yeah. And so I realized that, yeah, this isn't a new world. You know, this is not something that's 
brand spanking new. Yeah. But I never really talked about being out of connection with them. I never really talked about, and I'm somebody who loves touching and connecting with people. Um, and so for me to sit here a year and a half later to say that, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I like to be around people. I just experienced it this past weekend and I know the, the, and like the dope, like mm. the dopamine effect, like the effect that I got from that experience, but I don't need it all the time. I don't need that kind of, I don't need that to be present in order for me to be stimulated and for me to yeah. be engaged. Um, and so I, I truly, we, whether we go back into the office, we are still going back into a hybrid experience. And so yeah. it's incumbent on all of us to figure out, you know, how can we continue to thrive in those type of environments? And, um, yeah. And, uh, so I, I, I know it's a roundabout way to answer your question, but, um, yeah, I, I think that, I think that we can, I think we could still harness the power of virtual to create real connected experiences. And, yeah. and I say that because it is going to be important because there are going to be organizations that are going to allow people to work from home. And as a leader, we can't let them feel those people that choose to do that different than people that are in person. Yeah. Right. Because then you're creating divide within your organization saying that, well, because I see you, you're going to be open to more opportunities that can't exist yeah you know for everyone to be able to thrive yeah and, and and going back to what you talked about earlier on um you know connecting with those change makers right within the organization having these type of conversations with them um and you're right you know what we we've been hybrid we've been working virtual for years and maybe some folks right and and i and for those of you that are listening in that have never worked virtual prior to the pandemic I understand there's groups that are exceptions to this, but I think in general, if you're working in a corporate environment, there's always been a little bit of hybrid, right? Where virtual working on camera, working on Skype or Zoom or Teams. I, I know you said some folks, all folks, even if you think about the problem is that we had, cho we had, I think people is how you viewed your choices before. Mm. Like, even I think about people like, Oh, I can't believe, like, I can't go to a movie theater. And I'm like, Okay, I just have a question. Were you in a movie theater every single day of your life, <laughs> like before before pandemic? And they're like, no. I said, well, where did you watch most of your movies on on Netflix? I'm like, yeah. okay, so now you're just watching all of your movies on Netflix. But if you you watch the majority of them, so it's just a little bit of personal choice that was taken away, really, you know? Yeah. And so it's about you know we make these some of these little things like feel so mountainous, yeah. you know? And so all of us have always been living in we well, all of us live in a yeah. hybrid most of i mean especially canada it being such a big immigrant country right yeah you're communicating with the majority of the people that you love <laughs> near and dear virtually you know what i mean like anyway that's <laughs> yeah I, and, and i think for me is i simplify that like that like my yeah. husband and i both you know he works he has his own business I, you know, we would, we would kiss in the morning. I go my way. He goes his way. The way we communicated during the day, virtually. Yeah. FaceTime during lunch hour. Like, you know what I mean? And we're still doing that. And so <laughs> I, I think for me, it was when I started to realize that, yeah, I'm not doing anything differently. I might be doing more of it, but it's not different. And so therefore I stopped separating myself and I became, I almost became one with the experience If that, if yeah. that makes sense back to, 
a conversation like back to one of the very first conversations we had about about it's not what you do in the interv- in interview it's who you are and that's why yeah. i'm saying it's that's embody that in all life you know yeah. in every aspect of your life yeah no and and and, and i like how you connect it like really you connect it and actually even for myself we're just there's no separation right between what there was 18 months ago to where we are today you're right. We just do a little bit more virtual today than we did 18 months ago, but we used to do eight virtual before, right? And you so... did it without even thinking about it. <laughs> it wasn't even a conversation. Now no, it's like yeah. a conversation. It's a podcast. It's an interview. It's yeah. a book. It's a, it's a movie probably. <laughs> no, and, and just thinking about, you know, and, and the thing that really jarred it for me was back in 2018, I delivered a talk to a group in Sao Paulo, Brazil, virtually, right? In 2018, right? Which is like three years ago at this point. But to me, it was like, oh, it was innovative. It was different, but it was okay. And it wasn't that much of a struggle. The technology is the same technology, right? We're still on Zoom, using Zoom to do these things. And I was able to speak to a room of 300 people. So the world hasn't really changed. Like it's changed, but it hasn't really changed when you look at it, right? So... And I really I, I like know, how you, you know because you brought that up. I don't know if you had any topics because John and I are both speakers. If you had any topics with other um, public speakers, a lot of people almost gave up on their business of public speaking. Yeah, mm. and I real and then I realized that I've never been busier. You know, <laughs> like I had my busiest, <laughs> highest paid year last year, like 2020, yeah. as a public speaker. And but I realized that I had been doing virtual public speaking for a really long time because yeah. when I first started, like people said, you know, have you always been a public speaker? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess we're all public speakers because we all speak in public, you know. <laughs> but I, but I, but I recognized that back in the day when Facebook first launched video, yeah, I would go on, hold my phone in the morning and speak to the people. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, people, I have a message for you today, you know? And so this became this I've been doing that for, you know, probably 14 years. And yeah. And so for me it was nothing to transition <laughs> to this virtual world. And so I, I you know I try to encourage a lot of public speakers to say no, this is your time to up your talent. Yeah. You know? but yeah. And I think that goes for everybody that's listening right now, right? Now is the time to up your talent, up right? Up your talent, yeah. Yeah, up your talent. Show people what you can do regardless of where you're at. Because I know expectations from organizations are set higher today than they were two, three years ago. 100%. Yeah. So you definitely have to up your talent, up yourself, just you know, up yourself. <laughs> but no, up your show, talent, yeah. yeah, yeah, up your talent for sure. And, and just get out there. So as and we wrap we, this, yeah. sorry, oh, go ahead. Wrapping, go ahead. Are we wrapping up? We, exactly we, we're we're, we're yeah, in the segment. <laughs> But just very quickly, because this will help job seekers. I remember last year, you know, where I am right now, my work, I have a brand new role. And literally, it's a brand new role in my organization does not exist. I get to be a creator. But somewhere in the pandemic, I really, you know, wanted to up my talent, I wanted to be doing something completely different. I want to live on that edge of fear, you know, I wanted to live on that edge of like, 
terror that I don't know what I'm, you know, what's happening, yeah. <laughs> what's happening right now. And uh, I went after it. I went to look at what were the most strategic areas in my organization, um, because that's where I want to be. Where was, where was beyond change transformation occurring? And I, that's what the seat that I wanted to li live in. And how could I be more of a creator? And I found mm -hmm. this role. So this, it is a perfect, this, we are seasoned. It's ripe. The stage is set up your talent step into spaces that you're not familiar with and just know, just have this unwavering faith that you will figure it out at some point or other oh, yeah. and your parachute will open eventually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. hundred Listen, that's how I lived most of my career as well. And in, inside of a large telecom, not really knowing, stepping into roles I, I knew nothing about, like knowing that I could get there because I had, like you said, you have the foundation, but you have to transform and become someone else's mm -hmm. as part of that and kind of using that analogy. But yeah, when you step in, doesn't mean that's how you're going to get hired. Once you're inside the organization, mm -hmm. that's what you start to look for. Yeah. But when you're, you know, in the process of going through the interview and getting hired, you definitely have to bring that forward to show that you're there to be innovative, to be different yeah. and that you can up talent yourself to show people yes. what's capable yes. and what you can deliver. Right. Um, so I, you know, so let's take a little bit more time. Cause I, I think this is incredibly fascinating. Cause I know we talked about this right before we started this podcast, which was about the Canadian, the Canada top 100 most powerful women. Uh, cause I, and I, and I think this kind of exemplifies what you were just talking about, right. Up talenting yourself and just kind of being out there and having that validation by another organization to say, Hey, you are one of Canada's most powerful women. So tell us a little bit about that. Cause I think this would be a nice little way to wrap this up because it talks about, this is transformation happening. And then, you know, people talk about transformation happening quick, but you know, transformation sometimes takes a little bit of time. Let's hear it from you. Talk about, share your, your experience with us about that. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, um, this is just the quick story around that. It was one day last June or July, I got this email and I had to like, I had to do a double take on the email because it was my organization, which John had mentioned earlier is one of the big fives. So one of the big FIs um, nominated me for the women's executive network, most powerful women, top 100, most powerful women in Canada. And, and for a minute there, it's just like, what, why me? You know? Um, and, um, and the process was really empowering because, um, well, once I put my big girl panties on and said, okay, yes, <laughs> why not me? Um, I worked with a great team of people that they put me around that put, they put surrounded me with to write my, to write a nomination package. And I remember it being the most, you know, the hardest thing for us sometimes is to award ourselves you know, mm. and to reward ourselves for the work that, for what we do in life to make a difference. And, um, but I remember getting to a point where I just started to feel so empowered going through that. Um, so much so that I want to actually create a workshop <laughs> for women to help them write their nomination package. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and after some time, it was like, oh my God, I, I did I mention this? Okay, maybe, I, oh, can we add this? And, oh, can you find a way to include this? Like suddenly, like you get onto the hype of, of yourself, you know? And uh, I lived that for a minute. And then, and then I remember those foreboding moments came again after you hit submit. Like they, they said that they were sending off the package and you hit submit. And then it's like, then will I? And I remember the biggest thing I did and the most important, empowering thing that anyone can do is I declared it for myself. 
So the mm. sticky is from last year, July, where I said my name. So in Kiching Waffle Robinson is Canada's most powerful woman, top 100, 2020. You have to believe it before anyone tells you, you have to believe it mm. first, you know, and I, and I learned the value of self-belief, whatever you want in life. If you don't believe it first, that's possible. It won't happen, you know? Mm. And, um, and yes, Three months later, I got that email. Again, I did a double take. Um, and then I went through the whole imposter syndrome. Like, now I'm a winner. But I couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> that was another thing. Like, they told you so many months out, you couldn't tell anyone until December. And I remember being, okay, like, you know, I went through it okay. And then, like, two weeks before the big reveal was to come, where they were going to announce the top 100, I started getting a lot of anxiety. And I didn't ignore it. I looked at it, I spoke about it, I talked to my coach about it, and I realized it was that I, as much as I believed that it was possible that I can achieve, achieve it, I didn't really understand why. Like, I didn't mm. understand the belief, you know? And now I have, I have an understanding of the belief. I wake up every single morning gifted to empower and to, and with everything in me, capable of changing the world, not just my surroundings, but the world, you know, mm. because I have voice that I, I have the courage to use my voice like on today. This is not just going into an email inbox. This is, John <laughs> is going to put this out to the world, you know, and every, everyone, all of us have that, you know, mm. and, um, but it took being recognized for it for it to become more alive in my life. And I think as a result of it, it's just created more intention and it's created more sense of purpose and desire to live life larger and bigger and leave it all out on the table. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll just say very quickly, because we spoke about it early, I also marry that with an experience I had with getting COVID. You know, mm -hmm. and I think for me, universally, God, my God, I wear my, I think God said, okay, I got you to a certain level with this, this, this award. You've embraced it, but I still think you're aiming too low, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I caught COVID. I caught COVID in a way that landed me in the hospital. And I was sharing with John that there is a great motivational speaker that I heard back in 20, 2004. And it's, and it's, and I realized that everything happens all for a reason. Back in 20, 2024, hearing Dr. Eric Thomas say, how bad do you want success? Do you want it as bad as you want to breathe? Got me off my butt to go and attack life. And I was mm -hmm. attacking life. And you know, you know, I was making yeah. great achievements, but I think I was getting to a place where I was getting comfortable and COVID now didn't only bring that back, but I lived what it's like to mm. not be able to breathe and understanding fully what it means to want breath. Breath is everything. Without it, you have nothing. Right. And so now I truly know what it means to want something as bad as I want to breathe. And I realize how much more room I have to attack life and that's what that taught me so marry this uh, this award that i got from you know nominated by a big global organization mm -hmm. won by a very powerful women's organization and shared with the world with this life experience 
where I wanted to breathe has made me, has renewed my sense of purpose and intention for my life. And I will be honest with you, it is scary. It is absolutely scary. When you can't breathe, it is fearful. And that's how, that's how you should feel about your life and what is possible and, and, cap- and, and capable for you to achieve. It should feel like that, scary. Because on the <laughs> other side of that, grand reward. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) I feel like I'm out of breath right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that was fantastic. And I think this, this was a fantastic way of just wrapping up this session, just to let people know, no matter where you are, there's always more room to grow and, you know, just to keep pushing yourself. Like it was, you know, everything, right? Like it's your breath. And if, if you can do that, you can do anything. You can accomplish anything. So as we wrap this up, Ikechi, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, where can they go and find you? Yeah. <laughs> Outside of the links I'm going to be providing, but where else can they go and get some information about you? Sure, no problem. Um, well, one, I think just Google my name. Um, we'll, we'll produce a lot of results. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on um, LinkedIn. I'm very active in the corporate world on LinkedIn. Um, I have a podcast, so you can also follow at Empowered on My Skin. That's the website as well. Um, but my whole mission, you know, in life is, yeah, to become a billionaire. But it's really to help a billion. <laughs> well, the best way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on a mission to create lead dominoes. And what I mean by that is empowered people empower people. And mm-hmm. so John's a lead domino. He's a lead domino in my life. Any experience I have with him empowers me. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be on here if I wasn't doing the same to him. And so we, you want to be a lead domino in your life, creating that you know domino effect of empowerment. And I'm that's what I'm missioned to do through the work that I'm doing. So yeah, so look us up. You know, if you if you seek empowerment in your life, if you want more empowerment in your life, if you want to come and express yourselves to to the organization as empowered human, we want to hear from you. So yeah, check us out. All right. Excellent. And and I will definitely include those links in the show notes so people can access them like I've done in the past. Uh, once again, I just want to say a big thank you for, for being here, for sharing all the, the insights, the wisdom, the lessons, uh, which I know people are, you know, I, like I have a whole bunch of notes that I've been taking down <laughs> as we've been going through this. Uh, but I, you know, just once again, thank you for, for being here and thank you for sharing your message. Yeah. And John, just if I can, I want to thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing, because what you may not see is the evidence of what you're doing and how it's impacting the world. And it's huge. I see it when people reach out to me on LinkedIn saying that they listen to a Canadian yeah. job search podcast and it, it brought them, it brought them such strength to hit their interview. That's you're, you're, you're hitting lives and that's most important. Yeah. So very grateful for you. Thank you. All right. With that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Canadian Canadian job search podcast Wishing everyone a great one. Talk to y'all soon. Take care.